0: The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... What is the Audio Description Project? Find out on ACB Reports for July 2014. The annual conference and convention of the American Council of the Blind will be held in Las Vegas, Nevada from July 11th through the 18th. As many members pack their bags in preparation for attending this event, ACB Reports presents a discussion of the Audio Description Project, which occurred during the Mid-Year President's Meeting that was held in February of this year. The session was introduced by ACB President Kim Charlson.
1: ACB's audio description project, something I'm very, very proud of in our organization. And to update us on what's been going on would be the project coordinator for the ADP project, Joel Snyder, and Dan Spoon, who is the chair of the audio description steering committee that oversees the work of the ADP. First of all, If you have gone to a live performing arts event that was narrated, please applaud right now. If you have not gone to a live narrated performing arts event, please applaud now. Great. Most everybody has been. That's wonderful. Now. Have you been to an audio-narrated museum tour? All right. If you have not been to a live-narrated museum tour, please applaud now. Okay, a few more haven't been to a museum And this is near and dear to my heart. Have you actually, over the last couple of years, gone to a movie theater, not at home with a DVD, but have you gone to a movie theater... Got headsets and listen to an audio-described movie in your local theater. Please applaud. If you have not gone to a movie theater and listened to audio-described movie, please applaud. Yeah. A lot more of us have not had that opportunity. One more: audio-described television. If you, in your comfort of your home, in your nice, leather, easy chair with your feet up, have you listened to audio described television at your home, please applaud. If you have not, please applaud. Ah, I'd say that's over half the group hasn't had that opportunity. Next, I want to share with you kind of a personal experience from Leslie and I. In 2012, we were in Las Vegas, visiting her family, and we said, well, let's go to the movie. And we called down, in the Cinemark that was in our casino there, we said, do you have audio described movies? And they said, yes, we just got those in. And we said, wow, we're going to give this a shot. Two blind people venturing out into the world, we're going to go try to watch a movie all on our own, independently. So we went down. Ran into a few slot machines along the way, of course, and finally made it to the movie theater, past the ice cream shop, bought our tickets, got some assistance. It took about 15 minutes for the manager to work with us to get our audio described headsets ready to go. Went into the movie theater. We were going to see Lincoln. And I don't know if you guys are that way, but before I got audio description, it was almost like every movie was a detective story. Because I get little hints and pieces of plot and try to figure out what was happening next during the dead periods and all that, right? So here we are. We're at Lincoln, and we get in there, and of course, as would be expected, the headsets didn't work. But the manager was really impressed that we had gotten that far and were trying to do this. So she showed up in the movie theater, changed out our headsets real quickly. Because, as you know, one of those little nuances of audio-described movies is you don't know whether the headsets are working or not until the movie starts, you know. So we got our headsets, and we watched Lincoln in the first audio-described movie in a movie theater. And, guys, it wasn't a romantic movie. It was Lincoln. (laughs) Kim says, and you know how it ends. But at the end, we were holding hands, sitting there in the theater, Listening to the credits, just listening to everything we could absorb. That was the writer. Oh, that was the uh, grip. That was the third stage hand on the left because it was so exciting that for the first time in our lives, we knew who the hell all those people were. That excites me about the audio description project. The next day in the water cooler at work when I got back, you know, I was talking all about Lincoln. They said, God, don't let him go to another audio described movie. He won't shut up, you know. So it just put me back in the ball game. I felt like it was on equal terms with everybody else I was dealing with. <laughs> to tell you a little bit more about the Audio Description Project, we've gotten going this year, and as you can imagine, we've kind of divided into six work streams. So one is really to improve accessibility for all of us for audio described television and for audio described movies. Carl Richardson is leading up that team. And uh, we're working, you're going to see some surveys come out on how people are doing. We're working with Fred Brack as our webmaster to work at getting better visibility of theaters up there and ways to help people get their uh, televisions set up for audio descriptions. Second subcommittee, Margie Donovan, is heading up, and that's on accessibility for the performing arts in the museums. Uh, she's working to put guidebooks together provide venues for performing arts that are available up there in museums. The third committee that we have is working on our convention and our institute for training where we're helping the describers to be trained on doing description and also to have a convention within the convention, which will be Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday in Las Vegas that will bring members of industry, of the describers, companies, and users, us, all together to learn and talk more about audio description. That committee has been headed by Lynn Bailey-Page and Susan Glass. Uh, Then we also have an awards committee, which is uh, headed by Chris Gray. We're also going to work a little on getting describers certified, and that committee has been headed up by Paul Edwards. And then I'm helping a little on the fundraising stuff. So, we're really excited. We've got a lot going on, and I'm going to turn it over to our wonderful director of the ADP program, Joel Snyder, who's going to give us some more highlights of what we're doing.
2: This is the sixth time I've been here to uh, address you all as the director of ACB's own audio description project, and uh, I have to thank Kim Charlson in particular, you know, who's headed up our Audio Description Project Committee for so long, and she got a significant promotion lately. She got kicked upstairs. Dan mentioned a couple of highlights of the project over the last five years. It really is the Audio Description Project and ACB that pushed for and got an Audio Describe tour of the White House. And uh, you'll hear uh, Michelle Obama greet you on the Audio Describe tour, and you'll hear the tour narrated by... Ed Walker, who is a real household name in the Washington, D.C. area. Yeah, great radio voice, blind from birth, just about birth, I think. And I have to also mention, speaking of the White House and the president, the audio description project made available at both of President Obama's inaugurations. Audio description of the inauguration. That was kind of cool. Now I'm going to take a page out of Dan's book here. I want to hear from anybody in this room who has visited the Audio Description Project website. And how many have not? Okay, half and half there. I don't know. It's very simple. acb.org slash adp. Audio Description Project. If we had to choose, I'd say, the development and progress that we've made on that website, it's probably the number one accomplishment of the project over the last five years. It has established itself internationally with respect to description. It is a clearinghouse for information on description focused on the United States, of course, although we have information on what's available internationally. Plenty of information on television description, how to access it, movies, DVDs, real big page on DVDs, and it enables you to just... Click on a DVD, you will know that it has audio description, because we track that. And you can click on that and then order it right away from Amazon.com, and ACB gets a nickel or two from everything you order. Dan mentioned we've been doing audio describer training for five years now, and it has grown each year. We had over 20 people sign up to be a part of our Audio Description Institute last year, and I would encourage even folks who think of themselves as audio description consumers or users, if you've got a real interest in description, there are opportunities for folks who are blind, folks who have low vision, to go through the exercises and the practica with us and have a work available to you as a consultant on the scripting of audio description for television, film, museum tours for media and performing arts in general, but also there are any number of blind folks who are audio editors in audio description studios and voice talent as well, reading scripts off a braille display, that kind of thing. I want to mention, with respect to audio description training, a pretty neat initiative or project of the Board of Publications. Uh, We've been working on this for about five years now, and it's going to happen next month, and that is the first training manual, a book on audio description. It is called The Visual Made Verbal, a comprehensive training manual and guide to the history and applications of audio description by Joel Snyder. Dr. 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 Joel Snyder, that's right. Thank you, Doug. And that'll be available next month. It'll be on Amazon.com. Las Vegas is just around the corner. So with respect to that, We've got some big plans. We're still working on an audio described performance of Cirque du Soleil. We are going to have an audio description project conference, as Dan mentioned. We're excited about that as well. And, you know, with regard to movies and television, it's wonderful, but it shouldn't be so hard to get that headset and get it working and all that. We're working on some ideas. I need your help. We have already announced via email and our website our sixth annual Young Described Film Critic Contest. It's one of the awards we make every year, and we need your assistance in getting the word out to young people who are blind or have low vision in all of your states. Kids with a vision impairment have a chance to win prizes by simply listening to description, a half-hour program, maybe a whole movie, whatever, writing us a review just 250 words maybe. And we take those reviews, we read them, we talk about them, and we give awards in three different age categories. We want to see a lot more entries to that contest. We've contacted every single School for the Blind in these United States. And I'm hoping we're going to get a lot of entries. But do me a favor, go back to your states and regions and make some inquiries. Coming from you, it's going to be even stronger and more persuasive than Snyder in Washington, DC. Young Described Film critic contest, and it's right on the cover of our website, that acb.org ADP. So if you want to send people to that website, they'll get all the information. It's a partnership with the Described and Captioned Media program based in South Carolina. And you actually, the link goes right to their website. There's a whole entry process, real simple to follow. Now here's a chance for you guys to recognize and honor the folks that are doing description right. The movie theaters, they've got description in all their halls. The equipment works. There's a media achievement award. Performing arts, maybe you've gone to some theaters that are doing it wonderfully. Museums, some of you folks that have been to museums, you really liked what they did for you nominate them for an award. We've got an international award, if some of you are clued into what's happening in other countries. And then finally, the Dr. Margaret Fansteel Steele Memorial Achievement Award for Research and Development. Some of those budding apps and websites for description. Uh, let us know about those things. Who's doing good research and development? And then finally, the Barry Levine Memorial Award for Career Achievement. The late Barry Levine was the guy that really got this going under the moniker of Audio Description International, and our Career Achievement Award is named for Barry. So think about
0: nominating some people there, and with
2: that, Dan and I can take any questions you may have.
0: Thanks, Joel. Uh, my name is Mike Moran. First of all, I uh, downloaded the app Movie Talk on my oh, yeah. phone, and uh, unfortunately, only one movie yeah, is available right. through that, and that's Villamina. and it was... Very interesting. But uh, what I want to ask you, Joel, is the actual logistics of recording the narration, because uh, I've made some inquiries about how to do this, and unfortunately, a lot of the places do it what they call in the pit or on the fly, so that the narrator actually watches the video and reads the script. And this is a, a concern for me because I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are visually impaired who could read the audio and put sure. it in an MP3 format in their homes if they have a studio, then send that on to the company that puts it together. So this is a concern for me because, for example, if I were to get one narration in Boston and I live in Florida, well economically, it wouldn't be worth it for me to go to Boston for one narration. (laughs) So is there a process where people do not have to actually be where the video is running? Mike, that's a great point. There are ways to accomplish that.
2: But again, it kind of emphasizes this notion of nothing about us without us, right? Why shouldn't people who are blind be involved? in the production of audio description and the dissemination of audio description, etc. Ray had his hand up. I know.
0: First of all, Dan, thank you for sharing your experience with uh, Lincoln because uh, yeah. we had a similar experience. and It was very emotional going to see Singing in the Rain in 2012 in December. It just means so much to be able to go with your family and enjoy something, and they can enjoy it too, and don't have to be bothered to describe everything to you. Yeah. My question, this is maybe a lot of work, but... Could you guys maybe look at putting together some guides, maybe for some of the major TV manufacturers of some idea of where you'll look on the remote controls to find where the SAP button is? Because I think they're called different things on different TVs, and if there's some way that, uh, some idea of what we need to be looking for on there, so we can get description if we want it. Right.
2: Surprise, surprise, that has come up any number of times, Ray, and it's a good idea. The, it's not as easy as it might seem because there are ways to access the description via satellite, via cable, over the air. All the remotes are different. Even within Comcast, within Verizon, the remotes are different from different regions. So it's far more complicated than just one size fits all. I know Brian Charlson's been trying to think of some ways. Brian, do you want to speak to that for a second?
0: it was my pleasure here in the past six months or so to work with samsung to see what the first generation of fully accessible smart tvs will look like and i got to use TV where fully accessible on-screen menus and even though it didn't have a quote separate button for turning on and off sap it had a rather good use of the mute button to turn on and off sap so i think you're going to see some good stuff coming out but it as with everything else, is going to be a rollout over the course of about two years. So save your nickels and dimes. Don't buy a new TV quite yet. And you will need <laughs> more like dollars and hundreds <laughs> in order to pull it off. It's not going to be a, an inexpensive machine when it gets out there.
2: It'll come down, I'm sure, after a while. Oh, yeah, oh, oh. after they're
0: mass produced. Yeah, but there you go. right now, the ones I was looking at were in the two to $3,000 range. Right.
2: Also, you might keep your eyes and ears open, so to speak, about accessing description via your own smartphone. You can download it yourself at home and be able to use that smartphone in the movie theater at home with a TV, with a DVD, and do it yourself, basically. We're working on that as well. There are a couple of possibilities there. Yeah, Jay.
0: What can we do to be working on getting these cable companies to pass the audio description through when they're not doing it? Is there any information out there that we can take with us to the cable companies to talk technical to them? And if there isn't, what can we do about it?
2: I don't think it's so much technical as legal. You know, if the description is there, they're supposed to be passing it through. And my understanding is even if if they're not in the 25 market, I'm going to put Eric Bridges on the spot. Eric, do you have something to say about that? Because you know the laws better than anybody.
3: So the question dealt with calling your cable operator because you're not receiving described content, they should be doing it. How do you make them? Let's talk a little bit about customer service. So the customer service component of this is a big deal. One of the challenges that we've had over the last couple of years is uh, with the lead up to the requirement for video description to be passed through. Um, was we reached out to cable companies to talk with them about, okay, so what are you going to do when this requirement comes into being? You have a bunch of uh, snafus, glitches in the system, which they knew would happen because it happened with captioning, and in fact, it still does happen with captioning, and they didn't have a lot of very good answers. However, Comcast has elected over the last 18 months to really take the lead in this area. So if you're a Comcast person... All of their customer service folks have the ability to assist you and to even elevate your request when you call in. I can't speak to Cox, I think you were saying, is who it is. As far as I'm concerned, the top 25 market thing doesn't mean as much, but rather they should have the ability to assist you, to talk you through a process. And there's a trade association that's supposed to be helpful with the cable and satellite industry, but it's, unfortunately it's not necessarily required by law. I think back to what you were getting at, Joel. Yeah. But okay. another one of these interesting challenges that we face, right? Because we've got this cool, awesome aspect of TV viewing that's now required, but between knowing about it and actually getting there, it can be a slog.
1: Yeah. One more quick thing, and I think it's really important with this group assembled here today, At this point in time, it really is, it's local. It's kind of like most of politics. And so at this point in time, we're in implementation. And all of us at the grassroots level, both at the affiliates and at the local chapters, we've got to work together. We'll use the Audio Description Project website to get information out there. But we really do have to work together and get champions in each of our local markets. And one household by one household We've really got to work together to get this done because there are so many different providers and they're all different in each different local community. So we're already starting a little bit like in central Florida where we have Bright House to get BrightHouse, which is a subsidiary of Time Warner, and get them on board. But guys, there's struggles every step of the way. I've now got audio description and the Super Bowl was wonderful if I could speak Spanish. But otherwise, I was listening to it on my radio. So there are a lot of things we have to continue to work on, but the only way we're going to get there is to band together and fight to get it done.
3: One other quick thing. Comcast and Time Warner announced a deal where essentially Comcast is going to take over Time Warner's cable division. I would imagine that the Federal Communications Commission and maybe even the Department of Justice would be interested in taking a look at all this. However... It's interesting because Time Warner is not in any markets where Comcast is. So it's not a cannibalization or what have you. It's just gobbling up more of the market for Comcast. This is an interesting happening because Comcast is the leader right now, the clear leader with regard to dealing with issues that we care about. Video description training customer service representatives that you would talk to over the phone about how to deal with issues that we would be calling in about. Even separate and apart from video description, stuff like your router isn't working. They're doing a much better job at being able to talk a blind person through to success in many cases to get their router working again. So there's a lot going on and a lot of that has to do with a gentleman by the name of Tom Lukowski who presented at our convention last summer and, uh, Also happens to be a blind guy, which is always a good thing.
2: Tom is a big supporter and a big help to having somebody right. like that right up in the top level. Of Comcast. Comcast owns NBC Universal, too. So we're talking about implications for film, all kinds of entertainment and media. Melanie had a, a question or comment. I have a
3: comment because I think what Dan started to say is important. We hear fairly frequently from the folks who aren't in the top 25 markets and even though we all know that they have the audio description because they are playing it in the 25 markets where it is required by law, if you're in 26 or 27, we know they can do it. And they say they don't have to because it's not required. But you know what? If they hear from enough of you, it could magically appear. So unless they hear from enough of you, it won't. So the best way to get it done is to become a squeaky wheel. That's right. And the other part of this is that the top 25 markets aren't going to stay the top 25 markets. they're going to change. And in fact, it's going to expand beyond 25. All of this has to do with a report to Congress that the FCC is going to send to talk about the level of viewing of video described content. It is enabled... The markets to expand, as well as the amount of hours of described content to expand. Uh, Right now, we've got four hours a week on the top four networks and the top five cable companies. That could go up to seven. Okay, that's in the law. The top 25 markets will expand, and I'm blanking on the exact implementation timeline, but it'll go up, you know, 10 markets a year for a certain amount of years, all the way up to market 66. And the FCC has the leeway to allow it to go all the way up to like 100 or whatever. Having said that, you know, number 25, if that's Pittsburgh or Indianapolis, with the next iteration of the Nielsen media market stuff where population changes and stuff, you know, Indianapolis could be 25 and Pittsburgh sure. could be 26, just as an example.
2: I'm just going to piggyback on Melanie's comment, making your voices heard. At the FCC, those rules can be upped. You know, they can change their mind. They can go, not seven, it ought to be ten. The U.K. is at 20%, 20%, not four hours, 20% of television broadcasts must be described. We've got to catch up, folks, and we need to make voices heard so that the FCC will take it seriously and do that. Doug
1: Powell. I just wanted to say if we're working locally, if the cable company is not responsive, every cable company has to get a license from the local government. So another way to approach it if the cable companies are not responsive is to go to your board of supervisor and say, look, this is what's happening, and that's not fair. (laughs)
3: The the other thing, too, is we have on our website, on acb.org, a complaint form that you can look at that will help you file a complaint at the FCC for cable companies not being responsive or not willing to assist you in figuring out how to get your video described content. One of the things that ACB has a proud history of doing is working in collaboration with companies. But when companies either aren't interested or just flat out unprepared, certain people need to hear about it. And so the Federal Communications Commission is one of those government entities in this that that should hear from you.
0: Dan Spoon and Joel Snyder discussed the audio description project of the American Council of the Blind during the organization's mid-year president's meeting in Arlington, Virginia in February 2014. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum cassette edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.